It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. 2-0 on Trout. This one is crushed. Left center field way out of here. Now here's your host, Trent Rush. Hello and welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush as the Angels have their first homestand in the books. We're going to go through it here. Uh, the first the six games of the season, Angels 3-3 three and three to start the year. Now as they hit the road for four games in Arlington before three more in Houston. Then the Angels come on back home for Baltimore and Cleveland. That is what is ahead for the Angels here, but I want to spend some time today going back on the week that was in Angels baseball. Obviously, opening day did not start the way uh, the Angels had hoped. Shohei Otani pitched very well in that game. I, I tell you this, Angels starting pitching I thought was sensational uh, as a group, an ERA under two the first time through the rotation. The innings haven't really been there, and that's been the one thing you expected coming into this season, knowing spring training was short knowing there were going to be pitch counts. Really, the only guy that had any kind of freedom on that was Michael Lorenzen, and uh, he ended up pitching great uh, when he ended up uh, going on Monday. So Michael Lorenzen uh, got to go his six innings. Everybody else, you're talking in the four or five range. Um, that's going to increase as the season goes on. It, it should even this next time through uh, when Shohei Otani faces the Rangers on Thursday. But uh, all in all, the Angels starting pitching was great. The bat's a little slow to wake up out of the gate, and that was kind of the story of the series uh, with the Houston Astros. The Angels, I thought, played well on opening night, just weren't able to come away with a victory. Uh, the, the team struggled a bit on Friday, especially with an eight-run seventh inning by the Strohs. There were a lot of people that were like, you know, really tough, I thought, on the Angels' bullpen in that game. And I'm just kind of like, all right, hang on a second. Let's talk about the bullpen when it's, you know, a, a one-run game and you're trying to protect the lead late and you're facing a tough team and it's the top guys. Let's talk about the bullpen then. Sure enough, very next night, Noah Syndergaard, sensational on the mound. I thought that Thor could not have been much better in his debut. Loved what we saw uh, from Noah Syndergaard on Saturday night. You know that... You know, you bring in somebody like Noah Syndergaard, you're, you're, I don't want to necessarily call him an ace, but you know what? You kind of brought in an ace and he has that ability. There are only a handful of guys across baseball, in my opinion, that can be an ace level guy. It's less than 20. And I think the Angels have two of them in Shohei Otani and Noah Syndergaard. But what is an ace? An ace is the guy that you can depend on. He's the guy that's going to, it's his turn in the rotation. Your team absolutely has to win the game. No matter what the situation is, you got to come away with a victory. I hate calling the third game of the season a must-win, but in many ways it felt like it was. After all the momentum of spring training, the Angels the best record in baseball in spring training. You're excited coming in. The starting pitching's been pretty good. You're looking forward to what this bullpen's going to do. So excited to finally have Otani, Trout, Rendon healthy in the lineup together. And then they dropped the first two games of the year. And game two wasn't pretty. 
So then game three on Saturday, going up against a Hall of Famer and Justin Verlander, you're counting on your ace. You're counting on Noah Syndergaard to be that dude, and he was. Five and a third innings, two hits, two walks, just one strikeout, but got 11 ground ball outs. Not afraid to pitch the contact. Syndergaard looked every bit the part. And then Mike Trout would step up and do this. Here's the pitch. Trout swings and drives the ball deep into left center field. That one's out by the rocks. It's way out of here. Oh, did he hit that one. Trout almost had one earlier tonight. That was in the first inning. He was robbed of a home run. The only doubt about that was whether it would hit the rock pile, and it did, and the Angels add on and lead it two to nothing. That's Terry Smith on the Angels Baseball Radio Network. Mike Trout goes 445 feet with that extra run of insurance for the Angels before Rysel Iglesias came in, slammed the door, gave the Angels their first win of the year. Then on Sunday, uh, I thought Tyler Wade was on the wrong end of a tough call in the third inning as he was uh, looking to score there on a sacrifice fly. Would have given the Angels a 2-0 lead at the time. Also would have had a runner at third base on a Trout uh, little flare over to right field. Uh, really good throw from Tucker in right, but Tyler Wade got his hand on the base. He was called out in real time. The umpires went to the monitors. They called New York, made the decision he would still be out, that the call would stand. Um, and I think that anybody who watched that play knows. I mean, there were some pretty clear angles there. Tyler Wade touched home plate, uh, but the Angels on the wrong end of that one. Uh, they would get it back, though, on Tuesday. We'll talk about that coming up in a bit. But we also saw the Angels, I thought, bounce back in a pretty significant way on Monday, facing the Miami Marlins. Michael Lorenzen, I, I thought, was about as good as you could expect for somebody in their Angels debut. Look, for Lorenzen, this is where he wants to be. He's in the role he's wanted to be in and that's a lot um I don't want to say pressure for Michael Lorenzen but this is an opportunity he does not want to let slip away you know he's after spending time in the bullpen in Cincinnati an Orange County guy Fullerton through and through comes on back home gets an opportunity not just to play for his hometown Angels but also to be in a starting rotation and he was great six innings two hits just one run seven strikeouts for Michael Lorenzen, he gave up the one home run. That was it. I thought Lorenzen was about as good as you could possibly be, and here he is after his day. Yeah, dream come true for sure. Super blessed uh, for the opportunity. Were you keyed up a little more than normal coming in or because you were starting and because you were home? Yeah, I mean, I felt really good, and I remember thinking, like, I'm never going to get this opportunity to make this, this my first start for my hometown team in front of my friends. Um, I won't be able to have this opportunity again, so just go for it. And uh, it, was, it was a blast. I had a really good time out there. Everything seemed to play so well for you, fastball, and then all these sort of pitches, and to tell me how it felt and you know what you liked the best. Yeah, it felt really good, man. I, I worked really hard this offseason to get uh, my stuff where it needs to be. And, um, yeah, it's just it's a lot more fun in the rotation, being able, being able to throw, you know, today I don't know how many pitches I threw, but – Knowing that I have, you know, five, six, seven innings to go, and um, I'm going to be able to get everything in and use everything and set guys up certain ways because of the next time coming through. So it's just so much more fun to be able to do that rather than just being limited. I've had too many pitches to be limited in the bullpen, and so you know to be able to take advantage of of um, just my pitch profile is it's it's been fun. Stassi did a wonderful job too. I think I shook off once, and it was 
we could have gone either way. Like, it was like, I like that, but I kind of like this option better. And I, that was one time. So that's his third time catching me. So it's pretty impressive that, you know, what he does back there. You had a great run support. What great is this? Yeah. Yeah, so obviously that makes it easy for me to go out there and attack the zone right away when we're up by three. And if I give up a solo homer, I give up a solo homer. It doesn't matter, um, which I ended up doing it. And, it, and because, of our, because of the run support, it, it didn't phase me one bit, so I just kept attacking. And, um, you know, kudos to, to the young guys. They carried us today. John mentioned your sinker as one of your better pitches. How's, how important is that pitch for you? Get those ground ball out. Yeah, it's really important. Um, I just feel like it's a pitch I can get ahead with or get an early out with. And same with my cutter to lefties. I kind of use – I like both of those um, options. And so, you know, to have three different fastballs um, helps. So, you know, I can give three different looks for three different fastballs, and uh, uh, that carries you multiple times through your lineup for sure. And how do you feel physically after the start? I felt really good. Yeah, I felt really good. I could have kept going for sure. Um, obviously, I went five last time, and six was like, it's perfect. It's the perfect uh, progression. Couldn't draw it up any better. And like I said, I'm just just blessed to, to have this opportunity to be where I'm at physically. Like, you know, that does, this doesn't always happen the way it's happening right now. And our, our training staff is unbelievable and making me um, feel confident, you know, with where I'm at physically. So, um I'm really happy with how I felt today. How cognizant were you of your family and friends? Did you see a lot of them here? In the yeah, for sure. The yeah, my agent got a suite um, down low, so I could see my wife, my brothers, and all of them, my mom in the suite. So I, I would look over at them quite a bit, um, which we were having fun with that too. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, so it was quite, I got to interact with them quite a bit during the game. When you're uh, making your first start with a new team, how much in your mind do you say, I, I really need to show something? Um, yeah, like like I said, just the my first start in Anaheim for my hometown team, it was like, just go for it. Just go for it. And um, I'm not going to have this opportunity again, so just go for it. It's, you only have your first start once, right? So um, I went for it. Thankfully, it went my way. And, um, yeah, just... I just told myself to attack, 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 and you're either going to give up 10 homers or you're either going to go deep in, into the game with a low pitch count, and it, and it ended up working out you know, the positive. I'm sure sometime down the road you're going to be interviewing me and I'm going to give up all the homers and all that stuff, and I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Next start. I'm going to do the same thing. There is a lot to like about Michael Lorenzen and appreciate uh, him spending some time in the media there to uh, share some comments. And it's cool hearing, you know, a hometown guy in this role. He knows the responsibility of that, and he's pitching to a very high level. I think that Angel fans are going to really enjoy watching Michael Lorenzen this season. And really, Lorenzen was probably the one guy coming into the year I really didn't know what to expect. You know, I, I think you know that Shohei Otani is going to be that dude. I think that you certainly could be optimistic that Noah Syndergaard was going to be that guy, and everyone's just kind of hoping that he was going to be healthy and right. And, you know, one start in, he looked, you know, ace-like, you know, and that's – you love it from Noah Syndergaard. That's who we all kind of thought he might be this year. I think with the three young left-handers, I think on most nights you know what you're going to get. Talking about uh, Sandoval, Detmers, and Suarez, um, you understand 
for the most part, you know, the, the off speed is really good. You know, with, with Suarez and Sandoval, it's the changeup. For Detmers, it's the curveball. All those pitches are really uh, big-time swing-and-miss kind of pitches that are uh, among the very best in baseball among left-handers. So you feel good about that group. You also know that they're inexperienced, and you know, you know there's going to be some mistakes that happen, and you know that you're not going to maybe get as many innings um, out of those guys. Um, but you can still be – really excited about their growth and development. So you kind of know from those five, talking about Votani, Syndergaard, and the three lefties, then you look at Michael Lorenzen. And I think you're not really sure what to expect because, well, he's got a career ERA a little over four. That's all right. You'd like a little lower than that. Um, but he's always been in the bullpen. And he had one year as a starter, but in Cincinnati, mostly a reliever. So what is he going to be as a starting pitcher? Well, you want to make a great first impression? Michael Lorenzen made a great first impression. Wanted to mention uh, this about Syndergaard as well, his buddy. By the way, Joe Madden had a great line because those guys, really good friends and like workout buddies, and they're both just ripped. Uh, Joe was saying they need to have the no-low gym going on for Noah and Lorenzen, the no-low gym. I thought that was uh, pretty uh, pretty creative by uh, the Angels manager there. Joe's always good uh, for some uh, one-liners, no question. Um, but Syndergaard wearing the number 34 jersey, which he's going to wear all season, and he's doing it in honor of the late Nick Adenhart. I mean, he picked 34 because Nolan Ryan was his idol growing up. And, then, I mean, Nick Adenhart is not why Noah Syndergaard wears that number, but he wouldn't be wearing that number without the blessing of the family and without the understanding of what that number means to Angels baseball and what Nick meant to this organization. And... Um, I thought it was really cool to see Noah Syndergaard honor Nick Adenhart, and when he pitched on Saturday night, that was the 13-year mark from Adenhart's passing, and for Syndergaard to wear that 34 jersey, pitch as well as he did, Angels get the win that night, they beat Justin Verlander, Trout hits the big home run, that was a special night at Angel Stadium, not to mention the great fireworks show and how cool that was uh, here at the Big A, so really enjoyed that element of it. Uh, just another storyline to what was already a pretty cool night. But um, I think that Angel fans are going to really like these additions to the rotation, not just because their stuff's really good and because they're really great pitchers. I'm talking about good dudes. Lorenzen's a good dude. Syndergaard's a good dude. He's got edge. He's got fire. He's got spirit. You love it. Edge is the word we keep talking about. I love that from Noah Syndergaard. But, you know, Joe's talked about Thor as kind of being a teddy bear sometimes too. And – um, you know, physically, like, like Syndergaard's like a big guy. You know, you can be a little intimidating when you're going up to him, but he's a good dude. I, I think that Angel fans are going to really enjoy getting to know Noah Syndergaard this season. All right, let's get to Tuesday's game in the finale against the Marlins. Weird game. First run of the ball game scores on um, a base hit over to the right side that gets past Joe Adele in right field. That's how Miami takes the lead. Uh, Angels would get one back when Jack Mayfield hit one in the right field. The Brian Anderson couldn't really play that cleanly on a hop. It gets scored a triple, but that ties up the ball game only for Anthony Rendon to hit a two-run homer, give the Angels a 3-1 lead late. Uh, Mike Myers struggled a bit, ends up giving up a two-run homer to Jazz Chisholm. So now it's a 3-3 ball game, ninth inning after Isela Iglesias just shut down the Marlins on offense. Tyler Wade pinch running over at first base with one out, steals second base. Now the way the play happens, Wade was clearly there in time, was able to beat the throw by a mile, but slid a little past the bag. Hand comes off, and Chisholm's foot was blocking the base, kept Wade's leg from getting 
to second base, but his hand came off, so it looked like you know Wade should have been out there. It was called safe on the field. It goes to New York, gets reviewed. And remember, I talked about how you know Wade was on the wrong side of a call on Sunday. Well, he was on the right side of this one because the replay made it pretty clear that you know he probably should have been out, um, but he was called safe, and that was a huge break. That put some pressure on the pitcher. He spikes a ball. Uh, Wade able to get over to third base on the wild pitch, and then on a ground ball over to the left side by Max Stassi. Wade scores. It gets bobbled a little bit. That's the speed, the threat of Tyler Wade um, just getting in everyone's head, and he ends up scoring no problem. Angels win the ball game 4-3 to go 3-3 three and three on the homestand. Um, just a, a good way to start the season, especially after dropping three the first four to Houston. Uh, to close out uh, the homestand by winning two games in a row, sweeping Miami in the miniseries and taking three of four before they head to Texas. Uh, I, I think that there is a lot of good energy, a lot of good momentum for this Angels group uh, heading into uh, this first road trip of the year, and, and especially after starting at one and three uh, to get to three and three to close out the homestand, and the Angels did a pretty good job to be able to do that. And I spoke with Max Stassi, who was behind the plate uh, for four of the starts for these Angels starting pitchers, was really good on Tuesday as well. When the winning run scored, it was Stassi with the game winning RBI uh, there for the Angels, and here was our conversation down on the field afterwards. Max just drove in the game-winning walk-off run as you guys able to sweep the Marlins here. Pretty crazy sequence there at the end of that game. Can you walk me through what you were seeing from your perspective? Yeah, it was uh, it was a little back and forth, obviously. You know, the conditions were a little different, you know, with the 4 o'clock. And, and uh, you know, we battled it out and, you know, got the dub. To have a guy like Tyler Wade, the speed that he has, take second base, able to get over to third on a ball that gets away, and then to score on the ground ball there, what kind of an impact does that have on a ball club? I mean, that's everything right there. You know, him coming in, stealing the bag, getting to third. I mean, that was unbelievable. Great jump on that, going on contact, obviously, and, you know, it was safe. So, uh, you know, for me, he's the player of the game right there. Got to ask you about Patrick Sandoval as well. No earned runs for Sandy today. Strikes out six. It just seemed like everything seemed to be working for him. Probably feels like a long time ago, uh, but it, he, he, it sure looked to me like he looked pretty good today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had great stuff working all four pitches. You know, kept him off balance, and, you know, he's the sky's the limit for him. You know, we're expecting big things out of him this year, and, and uh, he threw the ball well. Stas, appreciate it. Enjoy the road trip. Thank you. All right, that's the Angels' catcher, a new contract for Stats, and really he is a leader on this team and appreciate the time uh, Max Stassi gave us there. All right, let's pause for just a moment for a word from our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
My name is Trent Rush. This is the Angels Recap Podcast. Appreciate you joining us here. All right, now it is time uh, for our conversation with Angels TV play-by-play voice Matt Vaskersian. Uh, you heard Matt in the opening series uh, against the Astros. Uh, he was here on opening night and through the first weekend and really enjoyed the time I got to spend with Matt Vaskersian. He's a really, really good broadcaster. Just as a play-by-play guy myself, uh, you, you look at certain guys and uh, you try to learn from them and, and you pick up different things. Uh, Matt Vaskersian truly is one of the best and appreciate uh, him spending some time uh, with us. So here now is our conversation with Angels TV play-by-play man, Matt Vaskersian. All right, we're with the TV voice of the Angels, Matt Vaskersian. Second season now with the Halos. Matt, first of all, appreciate the time. It's great seeing you. And uh, I just kind of wanted to get some thoughts from you on, on what you're looking forward to this season and what it's like for you now seeing this club here, uh, being here for this opening series. It's fun to be here. Thanks for having me, Trent. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm like anybody that's watching this right now um, or listening, optimistic for this team this year. And despite what's happened the first two games, whatever, no homers, no bags, who cares? It's the first two games. It's the thing about baseball. The, the curse and the beauty of it is that it's every day. So it gives you an opportunity to overreact to the wins and losses the same. So I'm not going to, I'm trying not to, you know, take the bait there. Uh, I'm really optimistic, man. I, I, you know, they've, they've made adjustments from last year, notably the bullpen reinforcements. We, it hasn't materialized the first two days like we'd like and like we know it will. Um, but that's a strength, a full season with Mike Shohei being himself once again. You know, it's one of the sexier teams in baseball. We're all pretty lucky to be attached to it. Looking forward to talking Angels baseball with you today. Really appreciate that. Kind of want to get into your career uh, for a moment, your journey in this crazy game. Going back to, I mean, I remember playing MLB The Show as a kid and hearing your voice and, of course, your time in San Diego. Um, just maybe can you walk us through a little bit about your journey and how you've gotten to, to where you're at today? I'll give you the quick cliff notes uh, and try not to bore you to death. But um, I finished school uh, not far from here, up at USC in 89 and started working in the minors and worked six years in the minors, including a California League team in 92, um, where the High Desert Mavericks were rivals with the Palm Springs Angels. And then I moved up to El Paso, where the El Paso team was rival with the Midland Angels. And Joe Madden used to come around as a roving instructor back in 93 and 94 and work with Chris Pritchett, who played at UCLA, and Luis Raven and Ty Boykin and all the guys that Joe still likes to talk about. Um, six years in the minors, got a job in Milwaukee as their TV guy, was there for five years, spent eight years in San Diego as the TV guy, left there in 2009 uh, for the launch of MLB Network, where I'm still hanging out, um, dabbled on Sunday Night Baseball and some other projects along the way, and I've learned along that journey that it's just more fun to root than it is to hit every ball down the middle. Us versus them, I talked to Joe about this today before the game, us versus them is more fun than them versus them. And them versus them, it, it, it kind of connotates that you're doing a national, quote-unquote, sure. national presentation. Yeah, it's great. It's bigger. It feels big. It's not as fun. It's not as satisfying because you don't really care who wins and loses at the end of the game. When you're attached to a team, especially a team you can get behind like the Angels with people on the roster you like, people on the front office that you like, you want them to win. And the emotional investment is is most of the game for someone like me. I mean, going back to a couple of years ago, I mean, when the job came open, 
I would think that there's probably some people that you know know you from ESPN and MLB Network and like you know people familiar with your work. If you're a baseball fan, you know Matt Baskurgeon. Then the Angels' job opens, and I think that there are probably some people that were surprised that this was a place that you want to be. I, I think that now seeing you here the last you know last season, and and here you are now this this first weekend and being around. I think it's obvious to people that are here and people that are around you, but maybe what's something that you could tell Angel fans about why you wanted this opportunity and, and why you want to be the voice of the Angels, and you are. There weren't too many places that I'd be willing to um, you know, spend as much time with the team and working for a team as there are right here. I mean, I'm a Southern California guy. Um, I've got memories coming to this ballpark in 1973 with my dad who dragged me out here well, we lived in L.A. County, and he wanted to see his Red Sox play, and he thought Nolan Ryan was pitching one day, and he wasn't. We came anyway, and we were here in 86 for the Dave Henderson homer. Um, one of my mentors in the business is the late Ken Brett, who I still speak of often. And when he was an Angels announcer with Ken Wilson, uh, and I worked for one of his minor league clubs, he'd have me come out to the ballpark and hang out in the booth that I work in now. And there's something amazingly cool about that. Um, I mean, I just, you know, when you, when you have a little skin in the game as a consumer and you have a chance to be attached to that brand as an adult, it's a pretty cool thing. And, I mean, I used to drive around L.A. and listen to Jim Healy at 530 and love him and think he was the most brilliant thing in the world, <laughs> which he was. And then I would uh, keep my radio on for, for the call, and it was Al Conan, and it was whoever else we listened to, and you'd go home and watch the game on TV with Bob Starr or whoever was the announcer at that time. So... To kind of think about a chance to be attached to that as a working person now, as opposed to the kid who just consumed it all the time, it's a pretty cool experience. I got to tell you, the legacy of Angels broadcasters is one thing that's always been so appealing to me. And I mean, I'm kind of a student of it, but you know, obviously Dick Enberg was here for so many years. And, and you know, there's a great photo of him down in the media room with uh, Don Drysdale, just how cool it is. So to be now a part of the legacy of great broadcasters here for this organization. What's that mean to you? Yeah, that's look, that's a that's a huge honor. I'm like you, Trent. Like I'm I'm a fan of that history, yeah. right? It's what like we were never good I was never good enough to play. I can't speak for you, but so you can love the playing. I was not, yeah. Okay, so you can love the playing side of it. Of course, that's what this yeah. is all about, but the thing we're a little closer to is the broadcast side. The, the people that present the game for the guys like you and I, when we were growing up and people who are home watching and listening to games, that's an important thing to be a part of. And, and to respect it is even more important. And that's why, you know, to have Terry here for such a long time, to have Jorge Sevilla here for such a long time, <laughs> baseball legend, uh, it, it's an important thing to, to, to pass along and treat it right because this baseball is important to people. And I know that having been raised reluctantly by a Red Sox fan. Uh, I learned about the value of that as a kid. The people here that have grown up on Angels baseball, and they, they want it to be respected and given to them the right way, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do that in my own way. Let's talk about your team for a moment. We can talk baseball. We could do that, but I, I think that Angel fans love Mark Gubiza, and rightfully so. Gubiza's the greatest, and I think he, all it takes is like you meet him for 30 seconds, and it's like an instant friendship. Uh, he's that kind of a guy. Um, Erica Weston, new to the team this year. She's been great. I saw Bobby Valentine around. What, what's it been like uh, around uh, being around this group and the team on Bally Sports West? This seems like a really fun group. Yeah, thanks for saying that. And Gooby's the guy that makes it all happen, man. You know, I mean, he honestly is, and I've had a lot of different partners over the years. There's been nobody better than him. He makes everybody better. 
He is completely dialed in, not only to what's happening on the field, but he's got uh, a sense of fun and a kid-like um, enjoyment of the game that comes out. He wants the Angels to win. I see him grind when something doesn't go the right way. Uh, he doesn't do it on the air because it's not as professional, but it bugs him when the Angels lose and things don't break right for the home team. So I, that investment is contagious. You know, you kind of draw from that. If Here's a guy that pitched in the big leagues at a high level for a long time that's been a broadcaster for a long time, and if he still cares, then... I should certainly care. The producer should certainly care. And it's, it's, in, it's really infectious, and we all do. I know that your situation on the broadcast is a little bit different. You're going to be doing several games remotely this season. Having done it last year and having the relationship you have off-air with Mark Gubisa, how important is that for being able to execute these games to the standard that many expect and what you've been able to do? It is important, and it's not as easy. Um, you know, look, you can't, you're not making visual contact with one another as much. We have some amazing technology, which has made it as, as good as it can be. But uh, to think you could just go into that cold and work with somebody that you don't have a relationship with, it would be a lot harder. We talk a lot. We text a lot. Um, you know, I'm not going to say that we're, we're able to finish each other's sentences quite yet because it's only been a couple years that we've worked together, but we're getting there. And he just, he's easy, man. Honestly, you could put anybody next to Gooby and that person would be pretty good, a lot better. Yeah, Gooby, he's, he's the best. And it's fun listening to you guys all the time. All right, let's talk baseball for a moment. I know that you're optimistic about this group. I think rightfully so. With your time at MLB Network, I'd love to know the national perspective on the Angels. What are some of the conversations like back in Secaucus about uh, what the Angels can be like this season? And, and do you have to play a lot of defense over there? I do, and I do it um, willingly because I look. Even if I didn't work for the Angels, I think the most unfair, tired treatment nationally of this team is the quote-unquote wasting Mike Trout. Yes. I, I can't tell you, you. I can't tell you how tiresome that is, how wrong it is, uh, and I push back on it whenever I hear it being whispered in the hallways. For sure, uh, I'm accused of being a homer, which fine, I'll yeah. wear that gladly. It's okay. The national conversation is every year it's it's similar. It's if things break right, this could be a team that challenges the Astros. The Astros are the vanguard of the division for all the right reasons, right? Five straight division titles. They've beaten a different team in the division series in each of those years. Three pennants, World Series. They're good. We get it. Uh, and every year in the spring, it's, ah, oh, the Angels are interesting. So the key is to get the Angels from interesting to actually on the same level as the Astros. First two days of the season, it hasn't gone that way, for sure. We see a little bit of a disparity. I mean, one team is red hot, one team is not. Uh, two games does not a season make. And, yeah, if I have to play defense nationally on the dialogue around the Angels, fine. We have access to a lot of things out there at MLB Network that I benefit from here at the Angels, resources, conversations, access to people, coaches, and think factories that make the understanding of every team a little deeper. And I... I'm hoping to use a lot of that resource this year here, too. Was it important to you to, like, this Angels team? It's Mike Trout, prime, Shohei Otani, prime. Was that part of the draw for you? Uh, you know, I don't know if this is the right answer, but no, yeah. uh, it wasn't. I mean, look, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at it a little bigger picture than two stars, and even though Mike is contractually committed to be here for the rest of our adult lives, thank goodness. Uh, and we hope the same is true of Shohei. You know, 
to be honest, I mean, it was the front office, and Joe Madden was a part of it, too. Look, I have crazy respect for Joe and have had a great working relationship with him um, for a long time. When I was covering games on Fox and through doing games at ESPN, he's always been one of the most generous persons with his time around the game. So Joe had something to do with that in a weird way, more so than the stars on the team, I'll be honest. So did Gooby, because... I knew working with Gooby was going to be great, and you know, knowing each other, um, not as well back then, but well enough to know what you're getting into, knowing people in the front office here, uh, now knowing a lot of members of the coaching staff that I go back with, like that kind of stuff, it helps. It helps you feel like um, it's the right place. Well, Matt, I appreciate the time. I think Angel fans are very fortunate that you're a part of what we're doing here. We feel fortunate just on broadcast row, hanging out with you. I think you help make the TV better, what we do on the radio side all across. Really appreciate you, and uh, thank you for the time today, seriously. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for the kind words. Go Halos. Thanks again to Matt Vaskirjian uh, for his time there. Looking forward to seeing more of him on Bally Sports West throughout the season. All right, that's going to just about do it for us here on the Angels Recap Podcast. want to thank Hannah Stang, Alex Tinio, Howard Drake, all the help uh, to put this show on. Thanks to Matt Vaskersian, like I mentioned, to Max Stassi, uh, also into the Angels Baseball Radio Network for their help in getting some highlights here on the program. All right, we're going to be back for another podcast, number 99, next week. Yeah, we're closing in on 100. I don't know, we got to come up with some kind of 100 podcast celebration, right? That's supposed to be a milestone. We should find a way to celebrate that. Uh, We'll do that in a couple of weeks. Angels back home on the 22nd to take on Baltimore for three and then Cleveland for four in their upcoming homestand. In the meantime, Angels playing three games against the, excuse me, four games against the Texas Rangers before three with the Houston Astros over the next week. Should be lots and lots of fun. Looking forward to seeing this Angels team start to get rolling. I think some of the bats are going to heat up. Talking about Trout, Otani, Rendon. We've already seen Trout uh, get there. Rendon hit a big home run the other night. You know Shohei Otani is really locked in and we're going to see him on the mound on Thursday in Arlington. That does it for us. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast.